Welcome to another episode of Shred Show, and today I've got a great friend, Dr. Chris Spearman, on the podcast. Uh, so today we're going to talk through the importance of motivation, discipline, and mindset coming into 2022, which is actually terrifying to talk about 2022. Uh, and anyone who's watching the video of this, if you want some motivation, you should see Chris's insane view from his apartment. He's currently in Dubai. Uh, is a good start to this. So there you go. It's very glamorous. This, this uh, Ikea table only costs about 30 quid, though, I'm not going to lie, but the view is pretty outrageous, I'm not going to lie. 100%. Um, I'm not going to lie. So first, I think what's interesting is the whole new year, new me bullshit. I'm not necessarily a big fan of, and it's something that obviously within what, what both of us do with fitness businesses has a big impact on our business. Mm -hmm. An interesting question is, why do you think people are in that cycle of thinking new year, new me? Um, I think it's a combination of a few things. I think, um, generally speaking, we compartmentalize or segregate areas of our lives and areas of our year or focus. And I think for the vast majority of people for the next few months when we're recording this, it's coming up to Christmas. When you're listening to this, it will probably have just passed or, or probably passing. And people, I think, are quite short-sighted. So they get so focused on Christmas and no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait till after. I'm just focusing on right now. And then when it gets to that period of time, they're just focusing then on that stint of getting back into some form of routine. People like you and I, and yes, some people watching this and probably a lot of people watching this realize that it's habits and values that dictate your life, not short stints of six, 12, 18 weeks. Um, so, I mean, I think there's an advantage for some people, but my suggestion would be don't kick the can down the road to be in a position where you need to go guns blazing at any point. Um, you know, anyone who's been watching you for a long time has seen a relentless drive within you to be better, not just six weeks, not just eight weeks, but every day. Um, and a lot of that, in my opinion, comes from identifying your values, the things that are most important in your life, and then asking yourself the question most days, are the actions that I'm going to do today in alignment with my values or not? Um, unfortunately, I think that gets missed sometimes. Yeah, and I think one of the big um, culprits of that is social media. And the, the, the devil. Process, yeah, it is. And, because, <laughs> and this is something that when someone says this to you is very true, is that your, your thoughts aren't actually your own thoughts. They're a manipulation of what actually you see and what you perceive from the news, social media, and right mouth it's almost like like someone's planted the seed that's then going to grow in your mind right so so that's something that i've been working on internally for quite a while so when just we'll come back to the social media aspect but just what you said in terms of thoughts so thoughts and ideas um people don't have thoughts and people don't have ideas ideas and thoughts consume people because a thought or an idea is there and, and will always be there. Let's just say whatever it is that you're feeling or thinking, that's been there since probably the beginning of time. Now, you just happen to step into that in that moment. And I think people get that wrong. People think, oh, I feel this way or I am thinking this or um, this is a thought I'm having. No, that thought is there because it's been there probably for a long time, probably hundreds of years and it's pulling you into its circle. It, and I think social media is quite like that in that sense. And I think like, 
I don't know about anyone listening to this, but to me, one of my biggest mentors and now great friend, myself and Charlie have, have calls multiple, multiple times a week with Frank, ourselves and, and BPAC, Ben Pogolski. And something that I, I really learned from Ben is equanimity. Um, and for those of you, equanimity is um, just not, not the ability to not be fucked with. In other words, if something amazing happens, it doesn't overly phase you. If something terrible happens, it doesn't overly phase you. And that you stay quite grounded in your, in your values and your goals and, and what it is that you're here to achieve. Rather than being pulled in so many different ways. And social media is the devil for that, really. Well, social media is designed by the smartest people in the world to keep you addicted and give you a right. constant dopamine hit and a right. constant stimulation. And what you, what you said there was interesting. And I think from a someone from a fitness point of view or from an entrepreneur's point of view, you're almost looking for the next like dopamine hit or rush of like a big win or success or whatever. And I think that's a very dangerous path to go down because you're, it's almost, it is literally a drug. You're always searching for a bigger high and for sure. you want to make more money. You want to get more results. You want to look more jacked and you're chasing something which is like never ending and reality you're going to drive yourself insane, insane. Trying to, yeah literally that's the only way I can think yeah. of it. so so a lot of you will will obviously you're listening to charlie's podcast so you're aware probably of the places that charlie has trained over the years so myself and charlie used to train well we used to train together almost every day way back in when we're going to come back to that as well because that was back when i was homeless almost and charlie used to actually pick me up because i had no way of getting to the gym we'll come back to that but we used to train in king's gym every saturday and i remember when charlie was starting his business like a, like a 50 pound payment would come through and he's like, yes, yeah, awesome, sick. And not because it was money driven, it's because it's, he's helping people. But that metric has changed to now, yeah, I just made like 50K today, not on the business, but like crypto investments and property and all of those things. And it's that metric has shifted and that metric will always shift. And it could be for those of you who are getting in shape, you're like, oh, you know, I'm feeling great. And all of a sudden you've done a photo shoot and it's like, what's next? And I think it's really important sometimes to, to ask, as we ask our clients, say, in our fitness businesses, is, is it the abs that you're looking for? Or is it what the abs will give you internally? Um, and I think on social media, I think it's subjectively, you think it's likes and followers and engagement. But ultimately, is that really what you want out of this? Is it scratching a, a hands up completely? transparent for me it was filling an internal void that i have been looking for my whole life when i first got into the space and that's that's just a downhill spiral to death um and the irony is you're probably looking at myself and charlie and being like at some point in time we've probably spammed your news feeds on every platform under the sun the oh, truth is do. we we spend less time on social media than every single person watching this 100 because we've got systems it's our business we create content not consume content um i think that's a very interesting thought as well it's actually something i want to do is and i just haven't been bothered to do it and because also instagram hates me and on podcasts you can say whatever you like so i can say instagram facebook hates me because i keep getting blocked for things um i'd actually want to if there was an easy way to do it, i want to unfollow everyone in my news feed so i don't see anything so then yeah. i go on it's just blank because then yeah I, I did that i did that a long time ago bro i, I don't like that like seeing something that can make you feel inferior or unhappy and like it'll even happen to you or me you'll see someone who's doing sure. something like fuck's sake like i need to try and do this now and it's and before you looked at it, you might be in like an awesome mood super happy and that's one of those things it's like perception and i think 
something's very important for people is be aware of who you follow and who you pay attention to and like are they actually adding any value to your life and helping you or are you just looking at them because um you're supposed to follow them because they have loads of followers almost and that that's a very honest look into say how no matter how far in life or business you go like we can still fall prey and victim to feeling triggered by other people doing stuff and it's not because we begrudge success for example like you know, if, if we're, if we're, let's say we're, you know, doing a program on LinkedIn or Facebook or IG and someone comes along and they've got this amazing email campaign and a part of me and Charlie's like, Oh, I want that. Even though like we're, we're killing everything else. So that's just a competitive instinct. It's not like we don't want to see people succeed. It's that we're like, Oh, like that's a competitive side of us that goes, well, well, maybe I can do that. Well, the problem with that is that's taking sometimes your attention away from what's really important. And we see this a lot with say fitness clients. Um, you know, they want to build muscle and then they see someone getting shredded and they're like, well, now I want to get shredded. And then, I, and then it flips around and someone's putting on muscle. Like it's, it's, it's very easy, I think. And that's why it comes back to equanimity of just, if you know your biggest values, the things that mean most to you in life, the people, the thoughts, uh, the person that you want to become most in life, and you align most of your actions to those, it's very difficult to go wrong. Because if someone comes along and tries to sway or knock that, that, that boulder or that rock of you that's just not allowing yourself to be fucked with, then a quick question is, hmm, that's great. But if I did that, would that add value to my biggest values, my biggest goals? And if the answer is yes, great. Then, well, first of all, if the answer is no, then forget it. If the answer is yes, then you need to ask an additional question. Cool doing this could add value to this because of my values is the sacrifice that I will need to, let's say throw chips on the table to make that happen. Is that worth it or no? And it's not a case of that. You're not willing to do it. It's that sometimes you need to sacrifice more valuable things on your priority ladder. And then that's a deeper question. It's not a case of not being motivated enough. Sometimes if something is highest on your list of priorities, family, loved ones. Well, and I see this a lot with personal trainers, for example, they say that they want freedom or we would have said in the past that do we want money or do we want freedom? Cause they're very different things. But I see so many people out there who won't take a step back from face to face training, but they tell me that they want freedom more than money. So I'm like, well, you can make more money and have more freedom over here yet you're still stuck in that rut because you haven't identified what your value ladder is. And some people then, for example, let's say fitness clients, they go, oh, well, listen, I would love, Charlie, I would love to join your program. I'd love to be on your most elite program. Um, yeah, is it investment? Of course, what do they expect? It's one of the best programs out there. But then they go, but listen, my priority is like my family and my loved ones. And like, I don't really, I don't really want to commit to this right now. Well, in reality, what's happening is that they're begrudging their relationship with their family because they feel shit, they don't look good, and they're defeating the whole purpose by saying, I don't want to do this, I want to look after my family, but the whole reason that they would do the program is to become better husbands, better fathers, better leaders, feel great, improve their sex drive, and all of those things. So a very honest question of what are your values? And I think going into this year, asking yourself really like forget about your goals for a second like fuck your goals can i say that yeah, yeah, yeah. so we like that's right all the time fuck your goals for a second because you cannot create goals 
unless you know your values because otherwise you're just going, oh, I'll do that, oh, I'll do this, oh, I'll do this, oh, I'll do that for, for, for an ego stroke. That's great, but we can get ego strokes everywhere. If you identify your biggest values, like who does Charlie want to be in four years' time? Who does Chris want to be in four years' time? Who are the most important people in my life? Charlie's my dearest and one of my best friends. Like, are the things are, are now my goals? Where are they in relation to my you know, my priorities and my values. And then it becomes easier to create goals, not just for the sake of chipping off goals for no reason, but for actually going, right, well, I'm actually going to become something now. I'm actually going to become someone now that I'm actually happy to be around, especially in fitness. You see people like, want to hit six figures. Why? Oh, because uh, I just, I, I want to like buy all this Gucci stuff and post it online. And I want to <laughs> like finance this car so I can post it on my IG. And I'm like, that's cool, but like ultimately, what what's that giving you? And for some people, fine. That's like no judgment, no judgment at all. Um, but it's 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 other people running other people's races. A lot of the time is what I see. Hundred percent. I think what you mentioned there was interesting. Was about begrudging your family and other people like necessarily holding you back. And I think this is where a lot of people in particular men when you're the head of your family you have to have to understand the most important thing you can do is put yourself first because you have to be selfish to be selfless and if you can't yep. become the greatest version of yourself how can you be the best person you can be as a father husband uh, a leader within a business or anything like that yeah for sure and listen we live in a very different age than our parents right there's you know, um, men having children with each other, women having children with each other, you know, there's all different genders and sexualities. And, but ultimately I can only speak from a heterosexual male who one day my biggest goal is to be a father. So I can only speak from like what my goals are that, you know, everyone else's goals are different. But for me, my biggest goal is to have a family that I never had and to be, and in my mind, not projecting on anyone else, I know the father and the husband that I want to be in my future. And you can, everyone else can take value from that, but their own journey is their own. But for me, I know in my mind and my heart what that looks like. So if I'm speaking to someone similar, let's say they're heterosexual male who has kids or wants to have kids in the future. Now I will just give a perspective. Like for me, what I believe my role is as a leader in multiple businesses as a potential father, as a potential husband in the future, these are the things that I feel are going to be important for me in that role. And a lot of these men in particular fit that criteria. And I'm like, well, you're the foundation of everything that holds your family or your business or, or, or even sometimes your friendship circle together. So if you're weak and you're not strong and you're not stable and you're not secure emotionally, physically, um, spiritually, well, then how the hell is, is all of this going to build up around you? Um, and I think that takes, yeah, it does, it does take a bit of self-awareness. And, you know, we've been on a mass, massive kind of spiritual journey and, you know, emotional journey because what happens, bluntly speaking, when you look the way Charlie does or maybe I have in the past, not right now, um, we're getting there, um, or you've made a large amount of money, not because it's about the money, but w once you've done those things, you actually realize how insignificant they really are in the grand scheme of things, right? And then you start looking deeper than that. Then you start looking for something a little bit more profound. And then you start to ask these questions 
And that's when I think life really starts to get exciting because that doesn't mean we don't whip it out of the bag every now and then and go, right, I'm going to use this chip in the shoulder to go and do this. I get that. I was watching the last dance. Um, so good. The, so I good. I was, I, yeah, I was watching that last night. So, and this morning, but, but there's, there's, there's always an element of, you know, that competitive instinct, but being competitive for the sake of being competitive is, is great. But what if you could be competitive in the areas that are most in alignment with your values and your true goals, because then you'll end up somewhere fucking special and that's exciting. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things people need to learn how to almost channel that like inner drive. Cause I think that's where a lot of people become busy fools. They're chasing after things that aren't actually taking them to where they want to be. Um, which I think is probably one of the biggest mistakes you see people. Make. I think even in, in fitness, you see it a lot with guys who men and women who compete, for example, and the reason they end up doing it ultimately doesn't lead to happiness for them. For sure. And I think, there's loads of different reasons why someone would compete, but the most common is to get their name out there. Well, what they say and what actually they mean is are two very different things. And sometimes they don't even know the answers to this. So um, I'm not going to say what, what, what they, why they say they're doing it. I'll tell you why they're really doing it. So either there's an internal void that they want to fix, which we've all had at some point in time, and they feel like competing is going to scratch that for them. Secondly, they want to show other people in the industry that I can do it. Thirdly, they think that it will help them grow a social media following. Um, fourthly, they think that will then help them make money and they'll get sponsored and all of this stuff. Now, truthfully, when you've got kids and you're sitting down at a kitchen table with them and one of them is sick and you need to pay a large sum of money for them to have an operation, none of those four things matter because no one gives a shit about what endorsement you have. Internally, if you, can, if you didn't need to like justify the fact of, you know, your competitive existence. Well, that's not going to help your children when they're sick. Now you doing a show isn't going to get you many more clients than you focusing on your business. That's the most important thing. And number four, getting your name out there. Well, I guarantee the vast majority of people who are coaching people, they don't give a shit about competing. 99% of the human race doesn't even know anything to do with competitive bodybuilding. So unless your goal is to just be a competitor's coach, then that's different to a degree. So ultimately you're going to be sitting down at a table with your children in 10 years time and they may have an operation, be sick. And what are you going to do then? Like it's a conversation I had with our team this week. And that's one of the things that it comes down to is a saying I love and it's that, um, a genius doesn't have great answers. A genius, a genius asks great questions. And you have to ask yourself the question of like, what do you actually want and why am I doing this? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, if, I don't know what it's like with your team, but if someone asks me a question, I'll never give an answer. I, I just ask them questions in such a way that they start to really Learn. formulate the, their thoughts. Um, there was something, you know, I, I, saw, I saw this, I saw this um, came up and um, came up actually, I was on, doing some crypto and um it, yeah well it, this 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 thing came up right and there was this there was this kid uh two months ago who had mus uh, a rare form of muscular dystrophy and he was i think four and um there was 83 or 84 children in the uk are diagnosed with this incurable illness um every single year and they're 
there is one operation that you can do and it's funded um, by nobody because it's 1.6 million pounds to, to get the treatment. And obviously the NHS can't afford to put all of these kids, unfortunately, through this treatment. And I scrolled through it and it hit me and I spoke to my team that day and it was meant to be on data and metrics and all of that. And I just stopped and I said, this is what I came across today. And I said, I looked at it and the only thing that I can feel, and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and very happy that I've worked to be in this position. But I looked at that and said, hmm, fortunately, if that was my child, I have enough money to pay for that, to, to, to pay that I don't have to rely on anyone else. Now, it's taken a long time to get here, but what I'm, the point I'm trying to say is none of us know what's around the corner. So if you think like, yeah, you know, I'm happy with life, yeah, you're happy with life until shit gets real. And for me to feel that I have the amount of freedom that if my child in the future is sick or my loved ones are sick, that I can do a lot to look after them financially, emotionally, and security-wise, that, that lights a fire in me every day because I've waited my whole life to have a proper family if one day it comes along, I don't want to leave it up to anybody else. Like I've, I've spoken to you about this before and, you know, growing up, like I've always looked at other people's families and being like, that's what I fucking want. Like, that's what I want more than anything. So to think that I'm going to get to somewhere in the future and have the potential to have that, I'm not leaving anything up to chance because my childhood was up to chance. It was out of my control. So I'm going to make sure nothing else is out of my control. And for some of you, it's family. For some of you, it's business. For some of you, it's fitness. Business, fitness, whatever it may be. The amount of things that are actually within your control is frightening. Most people just won't do what it takes. I think a lot of that's down to almost a lack of self-respect to themselves and lack of accountability to themselves. And they, I think that a lot of people like to play the blame game. And It's easier. Yeah, it's easy to say that, oh, it doesn't work, I can't do that. And one of the best things I think is like, whatever it is you want to achieve has any other person in history ever ever done what you want to do like imagine like, giving an example you're elon musk and the crazy stuff he's coming out with like people have even thought about like hit the the rocket ships that like land themselves and stuff like that if you said that 10 years ago like i only watched a video of this like a month ago this actually happened i didn't realize it was like two three years ago it's insane but the guy's yeah. thinking so far forward and doing things that no one else has done before and it's the same thing with like roger bannister when he ran a four minute mile like people thought you'd die if you ran that fast. I think it was within like a year, 25, 26 people had broken it, broken that record. And it just shows the mental um, barriers and like the glass ceilings people create in their own minds because they think something can't be done. And like if someone else has done it, which for 99.99% of people listening to this, whatever you want to achieve, I, I can guarantee you probably hundreds, thousands, millions of people have done that. In particular, if it's weight loss, like respectfully, this isn't Elon Musk getting rocket ship to re-land after going to the moon or wherever. Like you can do it. It's just down to you realistically. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I, something, something that I say quite frequently is if you're listening to this, just imagine what your biggest goal of 2022 is in your mind. It could be you want to do a photo shoot. It could be that you want to grow a six figure business. It could be that, you know, you want to have mend your relationship with your partner that's fractured. It could be that you want to maybe rekindle a relationship with the next flame. It could be that you want to be the best dad in the world, whatever that goal is to you. And I want, I want you to do something for me. I want you all to think of something that would be an absolute dream, but it's not going to happen. Right? So think of your goal now multiply it by five, maybe even 10. 
and put yourself in a position where you're like, nah, that, okay, that's definitely not going to happen, but let's bring it back a little. I want you to think of that for a second. So for some of you, let's say you're listening to this and you're a personal trainer and someone goes, hey, like, could you earn a million next year? The first thing that comes into your head is like, no fucking way, but I can get a bit of the way there. Now, whatever that is for you, that you go, no way, like no way, maybe in like five years. Someone has put that belief inside you. Like that belief that you cannot do whatever it is that's outside of your goal, because we'll all pull our goals within range. Now, what, why you dictate the range or else you allow someone else's um, thoughts or beliefs to interrupt your thought pattern and what's possible. So next time anyone ever says something to you and you go, no, I can't do that. Ask yourself this question, who put that belief in your head? And ask yourself then a second question, are you going to keep it there? And thirdly, if not, then what are you going to do about it? And most people just find it easier to go, no, I can't do that. And I guarantee you, if most of you look back in time, most of you listening to this at least, if you look back in time and you think five years ago, what were the five biggest things? 10 years ago, five years ago, what were the five biggest things that you wanted to achieve by this point? you probably ticked most, if not all of them off, right? Because you set expectations that keep you within a comfort zone. Now, I guarantee you, if you push that boundary of your expectations in five years time, you'll have hit all of them as well. So you're dictating the play, you're dictating the pace. And I think most people don't actually realize that their thoughts manifest their actions into the future. And I know people say that a lot and people know that, but people don't use that as well. What else I think is an interesting thing you brought up is the fact that being told you can't do something. So there's a stat, I think it's when uh, by a child, by the time a child's around eight, between eight to 10 years old, they've been told no 40,000 times. But when a child's really young, they believe anything is possible because they, they don't believe in their brain that something can't be done. But it's that reinforcement all the time being told you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. Uh, don't do this, don't play with your toys. Like it's always no, no, no. And that gets ingrained into your mindset as a psychology, which again, I think is something we can talk about is why it's so important to surround yourself with the positive, right? Like people who are going in the same direction as you or on the same ship as you and heading to the same place. Um, and maybe cutting rid of, cutting off the fat and getting rid of the dead wood of people who may be holding you back and dragging you down in life. As hard as that may be, it's often the people closer to you. That goes without saying. Um, so like the amount that you and I have spurred each other on over the years in a, in a positive competitive way, like, like there's nobody else I want to succeed more than you. But when you do, I'm like, and I'll say it to you, I'm like, bro, how would you do that? Like, oh, I need to, and now I up my game and then vice versa in different areas of life. And um, that's huge. Like surrounding yourself with people who are doing better than you. And, and doing that allows you, first of all, you tell me some shit and I'm like, what? I didn't even think that was possible. And then I'm like, well, if that's possible, like, well, at least we can get maybe 75, 80% of the way there. And then you start to go, oh, I see. Okay, fine. But it changes your belief pattern. And, and, and just like you said, getting rid of Deadwood is, is something I think that a lot of people struggle with. Um, now, you know, uh, I'll just give you guys a perspective for me that I think I'm quite fortunate. For example, um, I've always been, I've always been quite, um, quite, 
conscious of my surroundings and I have moved around a lot. Obviously I moved to the UK and started a whole new life. Um, started doing my PhD and started a whole new life. And this kind of journey really started then, or at least that chapter of the journey started then. So it was easier for me to meet people who were doing the same thing because my friends back in Ireland, well, I didn't really see or speak to any of them that often anymore. Um, now moving to Dubai, and I was laughing about it yesterday, like I'm in the Middle East by myself, like right now, like my friends were here, you guys were here, you know, and now people have gone back and I actually only just realized I'm like, oh, well, like, I'm, like I'm actually, I was like, oh, maybe I'll go. And I'm like, oh no, there's no one to go coffee with. Obviously I know people here, but it made me realize that like, I don't even, I don't even acknowledge that anymore because I speak to you, you know, daily and we'll have calls a few times a week. And I speak to my team every morning, speak to, you know, the mastermind team every morning. So for, for someone to try and infiltrate my mind, like they can't, I don't have notifications on my phone. Nobody really knows my number. I change it all the time. I don't use social media. My team do like, it's rare that I go on social media. I don't have the social media apps on my phone. So like you would literally have to, you know, be the pool guy downstairs, like giving me towels in the jacuzzi to say something to me that's completely random and novel. And I'm not saying you can all do that. I'm not saying that, but what it does afford me the ability to do is decide my thoughts from the moment I wake up in the morning, decide what my value structure is, where my attention is and all of those things. And, you know, I know you, you laugh a lot about, you know, us just being cooped up a lot of the time, but sometimes like sometimes for, for, for myself and Charlie right now, we've got teams of 30, 40, 50 people in, in multiple businesses working for us, um, team members, obviously uh, working with us. And um, for us, sometimes just one idea could make hundreds hundreds of thousands of pounds dollars and if you're in a negative mind space or a negative environment you just you can't you can't do that for those of you that have listened to dr joe Dispenza's breaking the habit of being yourself or read it um you need to manifest a good vibrational energy within your life and within yourself to really try and manifest your creative side or creative thoughts creative thinking that's really difficult to do if you're surrounded by Debbie Downers and you also mentioned something that often the people closest to you, well, objects closest to you cast the biggest shadow. And I was reading um, Robert Greene's 48 Laws of Power, uh, incredible book, by the way. And he actually said something really interesting. One of the laws is to hire your enemies. And I was like, whoa, really? And he said, yeah. Because if someone's your enemy, they've been authentic with you about not liking you from the start. I was like, oh, that's fucking good. And he said, a lot of people that are your friends, they will start to envy and begrudge you. And then all of a sudden, well, their slant will change. Whereas if someone started out as an enemy and you gain their respect and they come on side, they will probably always tell you the blunt truth. And that really hit me. I'm like, hmm, like, who do I know that... Who, who's, who, what enemies do I have? I know a lot of people probably don't like me, but I don't, I was trying to think who, who, I don't really have many, much negative energy to most people. So, uh, but it, it was a good way to frame that thought, I think. Do you find that as well, maybe with people growing up that a lot of people that used to be close in an environment or a gym or whatever, they're kind of a little bit, 
Yeah, they're very standoffish, and I actually feel that very much within the 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 clicky fitness social media industry. People are quite funny with me when they meet me, and quite frankly, I don't give a shit. But um, yes, yeah, because you're killing it, though. Yeah, so it's like it's one of those things. But I personally am not too bothered with anything. I think very similar to you, I don't really pay attention to anyone else. But one thing I would say to everyone listening to this, like if you want to make 2022 your year, to do something you've never done, you're gonna to have to change and do something you've never done before. So, like, you will change as a person in that process and and become a better person. And you will get some people who are gonna moan and not gonna like that because it makes them feel inferior and insecure. So, for example, if you used to go out to the pub at the weekend and get smashed all the time, and you're now on a health journey, you want to get in great shape. If you're gonna stop doing that, people you normally would do that with are gonna to start to resent you being like, oh, why have you changed, uh, Charlie? Why are you not coming out? Why are you not doing this? Um, and it's because they don't understand. It's often their own insecurities that are leading them to lash out and almost try and pull you back down to their level. So that's something I think you have to be very, very conscious of. And um, almost just, I think, have your ears open to be able to realize when someone's trying to drag you back down rather than push you forwards. Yeah. Well, one thing that's actually, I, this is something that I've thought about quite recently. When, when people try and identify who they should spend time with, right? Now, fortunately for, for, for us, we can spend time with people who are killing it and they're doing better than us. For, for everyone, that's, sometimes that's a little difficult. So uh, I, I thought this would, be, this would help people frame this better. If you're looking for people who you feel you need to spend more time with, the obvious thing is hang around people who are doing what you want to achieve. That's not always easy, especially in a local area. So this is a good one. Instead of searching for people who like the things you like, that's a good start, but there's something better than that. Identify people who have in their value ladder the same values as you. Because if you can resonate with people who have similar values to you, they will never, ever, ever tell you or pull you away from that value structure because they get it, they're with you, and they understand you. And it means, for me, I would prefer hang around someone who isn't, in inverted commas, or successful is, is or isn't as successful, but if their values in a certain area are in alignment with mine, it doesn't matter where I am or where they are because we can vibe on that level because we have a value structure or a goal. So for example, like if myself and Charlie aim to grow huge business to help as many people as we possibly can in the fitness space, well, it doesn't matter where Charlie's business is or where mine is. Well, we're going to be so consumed in the passion to do that, that it's going to be very, very hard for us not to make that a big priority. So like myself and Charlie, if we meet up, we don't like go down the pub and get pissed. There's nothing wrong with that. And if that's in alignment with your value structure, let's just say networking with people down in Malsey is up uh, where I used to live is, 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 is on your value structure. No issues. That's fine. But well, what me and Charlie would do, we don't train anymore together. Not that we don't like training, but our biggest value right now is scaling and growing our business and serving an enormous amount of people. But actually this, it's actually changed to this for most of you listening. Our biggest goal is to hire an incredible team and pay them incredibly well to serve even more people. So we've transitioned into that period. And so when we sit down, we're like, how can we like, who do we hire? How can we, can, can we get this person to do this? And oh, that's sick. And how much would you pay that person? That's great. And that's awesome. B 
because that's where we're at. So if myself and Charlie had an hour together, like that's what we would be doing. We'd be talking about that because that's our value structure in the world right now. Um, and, and we're blessed that we have each other, yes. But for those of you, just look for people who value the same things as you, right? You know, like Charlie, I know you train with various different people or um, you'll train with people that have a value structure in a certain style of training or going to a seminar that people are in, into that. Or, you know, you'll, you'll chat to maybe Frank about data and analysis and automations and stuff because there's a value structure there. So we've got different value structures and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just one. Um, you know, I've got some, some quirky things. I, li I like chess. So, you know, I've got a few friends of mine that I'll play chess there. And, um, you know, there's various different things like that. I think that if you can align yourselves, but the biggest thing is you need to identify what yours are. And most people don't. What's a practical tip to identify yours? Um, well, so, so this is, uh, this may be a little late in the year, depending on when this goes out, but this is something that I do every November. Every single November, so this is being recorded prior to November, so I'm getting ready for mine, uh, only a few days left. So I write a story to myself, and I've done this for almost eight years. I write a story, it's maybe three to four pages long every November, exactly where I see myself the following Christmas. So it's 13 months in advance, and I even tell you what I'm wearing. Like, I write it to myself. I, tell, I, I write where I am, who I'm with, where the business is, what shoes I'm wearing, what pants I'm wearing, what scent aftershave I may have bought so that I can really immerse myself in the feels of that. This person in my team is earning this. This is how many sales they're making. This is what's happening here. This is a property that I just bought and I will write it like three or four pages long minimum and I'll, I'll read it every few months and I'll, I'll try, I won't change it. But the vast majority of the time, that comes true. And it's only in the last two years, most of those November stories came true in Jan or Feb. And that's pretty cool for me. But I give myself a full in-depth, because, because your brain is so much more powerful than we realize. Like your subconscious works so much, so much quicker than a lot of your conscious thoughts. And when you start to do that, you really start to segregate, well, if this is where I want to be. And you ask yourself really honest questions. Then you start to identify, well, what are my values then? Like if my goal is not to make another few mil, it's to grow a team. Then obviously I want to help friends and scale and grow a business to help far more people. And, and why, why would that be my value structure? Well, and then you dig deeper than that. I think, um, giving yourself a longer term goal or vision forces you to think, well, in five years time, where would I be? And would I be happy with this? Um, everyone will be different. Everyone will be different. But for me, um, I don't look for happiness in life. I know everyone says, oh, I don't really care unless I'm happy. And my mom used to say this to me at a very, a very interesting split between my parents. So well, my parents were split, but that's separate. Um, they're very different. My mom used to say, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you sweep the streets as long as you're happy. Whereas my dad then on the other side would be, like, I don't care what you do, but you can do whatever the hell you want to do. 
And I probably had a good balance of that growing up. But the one thing that I have changed since then is that I'm not looking or searching for happiness in my life. And I know most people say, oh, I don't really care as long as I'm happy. Or I don't really care how much money I have as long as I'm happy. That doesn't work for me. Like that happiness just doesn't exist in my world without purpose. And I need to feel like I have meaning in life. And so I don't go for happiness. I, I look for the things that give me meaning. I'm very fortunate now to obviously live in this apartment, um, have multiple properties, spoke to Charlie all over the world now. And, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've got a lot of, say, financial resources at my disposal, but it means very little. I wake up every morning and I ask myself this honest question. If I, not if I had one day left, but it's, an, it's kind of a slant of that. If what I was going to do today, I was going to do it for free, what would I do? And literally almost every single thing that I do now on a daily basis, other than the odd few dishes, but we'll leave that to the side. Every, almost every single thing that I do, I would do for free. And the, the irony is I do do it for free because I don't even look at the money that comes in. I don't even look at the money anymore. I'm, I look at the money in terms of the financial aspect, but it doesn't affect who I am or, or what I do with my life. So, and I know this sounds great, first world problem. It doesn't matter where you are in life, but if you're doing something on a daily basis that you really don't like, then, and I hate to say this, and I know this sounds very overly um, optimistic for, for most people, but I really do believe that you have far more scope in your life than most people give themselves credit for. And you see people who literally come out of nowhere and do the most outrageous things, um, not giving up. And if there's someone to listen to about not giving up, he's right here. Because Charlie, dude, your relentless drive to, to chase after something is, is unrivaled. Um, I think it, this is something, it beats Frank. But Frank's just a, like a computer genius. But your relentlessness is, is off the scale from anyone I've seen. And I feel like if, if most people had a fraction of that, they wouldn't even know where they would be in a few years' time. Um, and I think that's an empowerment that needs to come from within. Um, what would you say? Have you any tips? Because you're, you're, when it comes to relentless drive, what would you say to people? It's almost, I would say, very much what you were saying. It's like you work because you want to work because you enjoy what you do. And that's the most important thing. It's the same with uh, working out and training and everything. It's like you have to love the process of doing it. And if you're doing something for the wrong reasons because you think you have to do it, you're never going to be any good at it because you'll never be able to really fulfill it. Or if you're doing something just for money or because you want to try and get followers, your genuine reason why you want, want to do it isn't a big enough why to make you really push yourself. And then when you start to actually see success with things, I think that's a very... And in something you enjoy, it's a then very easy process to then fall in love with the process more. It's almost like a, a snowball effect. And I think when it comes to like consistency, I think that's the biggest mistake people make with everything. And that's where time is your friend. It compounds like for you. So if you start early and you start like trying to learn as quickly as you can and you try and take action and you're consistent with that, everything you've done like predate today is going to be something that's going to be compounding for you in the future, in particular from a the business and the fitness aspect but i was actually thinking this morning i haven't trained for three weeks after having a surgery and i weighed myself this morning i don't think i lost any muscle tissue and i was thinking about it and i was like this is a prime example for anyone listening people want to try and undo 
10 years of like treating your body like shit in like three weeks time so you want to try and like drop all your body fat you want to fix well, everything you've done miracle workers right yeah like like i'm not like a wizard with a wand i'm not harry <laughs> i'm not the harry potter of shreds like <laughs> you want to try and undo 10 years of bad habits in three weeks but on the other hand like my body's not going to suddenly fall apart in three weeks because i've had 10 years of good habits that have compounded for me for my body to still stay in relatively good shape and i think that's something people really need to understand and particularly for next year is like all those small things do matter and everything you do in life is a choice and i think a lot of the time people are cutting themselves short by small choices they make every single day that then compound negatively against them and they don't realize the effect that it can have and i think that's why too many people think in a, a short time frame and you referred to it earlier and it's something i think about my like I'm thinking in my head, I'm not thinking about 2022. I'm thinking about when I'm 35, something three, four years down the line. This is what I want. And I have a vision in my head. That's, that's all I think about. I don't think about next year. I don't look at the calendar. I don't look at like January 1. Oh, I might have to start doing some work now. It's, yeah. this is what I want. And this is what I envision for my life at 35. That's what I want to achieve. That's what I'm going to work towards. And then when I probably get to 35, I'll have a different goal for 40. So, so, so something that, that, that Ben would have said to us and just let me frame something for, for, for you guys listening. If, if I'm sure, I think it's fair to say most, I'm sure some of you are millionaires, but some of you would love to be a millionaire, right? Some of you would love to add 20 pounds of muscle and some of you would love to lose 20 pounds of fat, right? I think it's fair to say most of us would like all of those things at some point in our life uh, if we haven't done some of them already. Well, instead of hoping for that well an easier way so first of all you would say well not all of that is within my control or i'm not really sure if all of that is within my control well here's what is in your control if you can try and become the person that it would take to make a million dollars because you can completely control it because here's the here's the funny thing if you can become or improve or learn or optimize yourself to try and model what your skill set is to be the same or better than someone who has made a million dollars, you will make a million dollars. You just, yes, you may need to be in the right scenario, in the right environment at the right time. But here's the thing, Winston Churchill quote, that in life, very often we only have, this is paraphrasing, but in life, sometimes we only have one or two chances to take and grab it by the scruff of the neck. You don't know when it's gonna come, but you better well wanna be ready. Because if you're not ready and your chance does come, now we all know we need luck in life. We need to be around the right people in the right place and someone says the right thing at dinner and you know we're networking here and really nice steak or somewhere and someone says, oh, that's it. But you need to be in a position where you can capitalize on that. Now for those of you, if you're trying to build muscle, well, what would someone who was building or had 20 pounds of muscle more than you be doing on a daily basis? Start there. And if you can become that person, if you can become the person that it would take to add that muscle, if you were able to become that personal trainer that is living the same life, because here's the thing, so many people out there will go, oh yeah, I want to be a pro, like pro fitness model and do this. Well, when are you going to start living your life like a pro fitness model? Because you don't just wake up one morning and go, boom. We didn't just wake up one day and go, yeah, we're millionaires now, bro. So we're just going to do the millionaire routine now. No, we were like, wow, just like you, I don't know if I'll ever make a million dollars, right? 
And we thought that too. So we're talking from experience. And then we're like, ooh, over time, we started to realize like, whoa, this is like really possible. And then we started to slowly become that person until eventually it came true. And we, we say that not to brag. We say that to grab you guys by the scruff of the neck and go, this is going to sound absolutely outrageous. If you're in the fitness space and your goal is to make a million dollars, it is not difficult. Let me do simple math for you, right? All you need to do is earn $100,000 a year. Okay. Now that may sound a little bit difficult. 75,000 pounds a year, right? Divide that by 12. It's about 6K a month. Sell four 1,500 pound programs, one a week. Do that for a decade. You've made a million bucks. Now, it is really not any more difficult than that. Now, of course, there's loads of things that go into that. But just think, you sell one program a week, 1,500 pounds. That's 6K a month multiplied by 12. That is 100,000 USD for a decade. Most of us, I assume, would like to be in the space for a decade. And if you don't, you probably shouldn't be in the space at all. That's a million dollars. Now, some of us will do that in four months. Some of us will do that in a year. Some of us will do that in a decade. But the point is, if your goal is to earn a million bucks from fitness, that's your roadmap. Now, practical steps, well, another time. But the point is, when you actually start to break it down and you start to realize, well, what, who do I need to become then to do that? Okay, so I probably need to get up early. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Some people do, some people don't. You need to start doing those habits and change your behaviors change your behaviors and change your beliefs. They're the two biggest things. If you can change your beliefs and then you change your behaviors on a daily basis for most things, as long as you really want something, it's going to be very difficult to hold you back. Charlie, I reckon you could go into any, any industry. If you were keen and motivated and you weren't bored of the thing, you would change your behaviors and you would change your, well, your beliefs don't need to be changed because they're, they're already in the stratosphere. You just change your, your behaviors to, to be, and your behaviors, what you're doing right now would probably be more than enough. So you just need to change the industry you're in. And okay. you'd probably be one of the top 0.1% of those people. What was interesting as you mentioned there on sort of topic is uh, not getting bored because I think that's the biggest thing. The lady people, in the red dress. Yeah. People struggle with in fitness and business is like, to say from a fitness perspective, like, oh, I'm making really good progress on this training program. We're doing it for six weeks. Uh, can we change it? It's like, why the fuck are you changing it? Like, it's working. Yeah. You get really good results. And the same for business. Someone's like doing really well and then they get bored and then we're going to do something else. Yep. Um, I, I say that slightly from a hypocritical perspective because I've got a box of stuff behind me in terms of training wraps, which is a bit of a distraction and other stuff we do. But that's... Well, when, when people say, Chris, what did you eat or train to get on the cover of my, on your first magazine cover? I go, well, do you want me to tell you the truth? Or, or, and I'm like, I did this. And then like, oh, okay. And I'm like, just do this. Like ultimately, like if you stick to a relatively gen generally decent plan, like of course it's personalized, but ultimately, like if your goal is weight loss, and you're in a consistent deficit every week, you will eventually look the way you want to look. If your goal is to build muscle, it'll take longer. But ultimately, if you're in a calorie surplus and you're executing your exercises correctly, like, why do you need to change, right? Like, if it's working, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And Mark Coles, who's a good friend of ours, um, uh, heard a, a podcast that he did recently and he said one of the biggest mistakes fitness professionals make is they want to create an ebook and they want to do a high ticket and a low ticket and this. And 
we've been through it. We're telling you right now. He's telling you the truth. I did both of those. I did everything. Right. We, right. we all, right. We all did. So like, l- l- let's just start here. So s- side note, um, one of my businesses, almost seven figures is a mastermind health fitness professionals, right? If you're a fitness professional, just do this. Sell one, and me and Charlie say this all the time, one price, one program to one person in one pond, one area. So just sell a 1500 pound program for six months Give them everything that you bloody can and make it scalable so that you can get as many people on. Pick one type of person from one place and just, if you do one a week, you will make a million dollars in the next decade. Now, if you do two a week, you'll make a million dollars in the next five years. And the maths go that way. So don't get overly confused or distracted. And the, the, the hardest part is not the discipline to start but it's the discipline to not change, not get distracted. As Charlie said, the lady in the red dress, like if something is working, don't fix it. And sometimes you will run into a little bit of a challenge and instead of going to fix it, try and, okay, well, is there another reason why we're not getting there? And just be, a lot of that comes down to your goals, which is predicated on your values. Something I would add as well is that I think the more success you see and the more you climb the ladder of whatever you're doing, the, the lady in the red dress gets more attractive and then they yeah. get more seductive and they start trying to lure you over more and you have to learn, like, like no, stay away from me, bitch. Like, yeah, so, so like, for sure. So an example there is obviously our fitness business has made, the cover model executive has made, you know, a few million over the last, say, well, I started maybe 10 years ago, but over the last few years. And one of the biggest mistakes that I made was probably, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful the mastermind is doing amazing seven figure business on the cusp. Um, it's amazing. But if I could go back in time, I wouldn't have branched out and done a second business so soon. And I speak to Charlie about this all of the time. It, it's, it's challenging, right? It's, it's challenging to try and do multiple things and spread your focus in multiple areas. Um, literally just whatever it is, if it's your health and fitness, if it's your relationship, if it's your marriage, just focus on, on, on the basic fundamentals and get them really, really, really dialed in. One thing I actually think is interesting as well is, um, I think we alluded to earlier, is, I think it's important is doing what works for you. So you mentioned earlier about uh, waking up super early in the morning. So I've done this in stints of trying to get up at 5 a.m. because Frank does it because I'm trying to compete hmm. with him. And I could do it for small bouts of time, but it would burn me out and destroy me. And what I think people don't realize is the importance of your ability to actually be well rested and then have a good ability in terms of decision making. So for me, I and like the whole 5 a.m., 4 a.m. wake up thing, like if you want to do that, then great. But personally, I don't even set an alarm now. I just wake up when I wake up and then I start working. So I wake up probably at the moment like 7 30 because i'm not really training and i have a first call at 8 30 and then on from there off to go yeah so an example is when i was doing my phd i did a phd in cancer research and um we had a nine o'clock lecture on a friday and a wednesday 9 a.m and they were tuesdays and thursdays were the student nights and back then i did used to go out i never made a nine o'clock i was in bed and the building was right beside where i used to live now I'm up at probably before five every day. Now, should you get up at five every day? No, but probably because I'm in Dubai and I don't have blinds, it's a little easier to get up. But the point is 
I've changed my schedule so many times. There's no right or wrong answer. I do go to bed way earlier now than I did before. So whatever Charlie does, whatever I do, whatever other people are doing, find what works for you. Find what works for you. I mean, we've got multiple friends who are, for example, Jonathan, who, who um, Charlie introduced me to, is a client. His goal is to hit two mil this year. Um, and he lives a very different body clock to me. Um, he even runs, obviously I'm helping him with his business and, um, he's a, a personal client of mine and he runs his business very different to me. Charlie will coach people at the highest level, executives at the highest level. And he'll go, Hey, this worked for me, but I'm not sure it'll work for you. Maybe we can try some elements, but ultimately we need to figure out what's best for you right now. So, you know, if we're doing that, no matter what business you're in or no matter what you're doing, like you know, he, this, this guy's not going to pay me 50 grand for the year to just go, yeah, this is what we do in our business. So best of luck off you go. So you need to like, that's what coaching is from a coaching element. And, um, I think, you know, you guys will see that within, within Charlie's coaching and, you know, you need to find out what works for you. And I think people asking for all, oh, let just show me, uh, Charlie, you get this all the time. Like, what's your food? Like, just show me what your food is. Like it's, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, that, that is literally the most non-relevant question. Or like, oh, what did so-and-so do? How, how, how have they got shredded sticker? It's like, it's completely irrelevant because they're not you. Yeah. Because they're not you. And I think that's one thing that people, I think the greatest gift that anyone can have for physically and mentally, and I think we'll probably finish on that, is learning to become self-aware and awareing of, becoming aware of what triggers you uh, in a positive and negative uh, mentally and then be able to remove those and then add, keep more of obviously the positive around and then from a physical perspective how does your body feel when you eat certain things how does your body feel when you train a certain way when you train a different time of day and i think that's where a lot of people almost i feel almost like a blind to how a completely unaware of anything in life life is challenging life is difficult and there's some incredibly challenging difficult painful things in this world but i honestly think that the toughest battle that any of us will ever face is here because that's the biggest reason why i people i see people unhappy not succeeding not looking for fulfillment not finding meaning not doing the simple tasks they know they need to do and before you look anywhere else try and master this and I don't try to sound any bit crazy spiritual. I mean this from just a very authentic perspective. How you see the world is very different to how anybody else sees the world. You can't change the world necessarily. But you can change how you see it. You can change how you perceive it. And this is always here. It's always here. So, you know, if let's just say there's someone in, let's say you've got a, a brother you don't get on with. You can kind of manage kind of being with them maybe once a month this is here all of the time. This is here all of the time. And it's the biggest reason why people don't succeed or are happy or all of those other things that you guys are trying to do. And most people are trying to lose weight. It's up here they need to fix or sort their behaviors, their beliefs. It's the same with business. It's the same with all areas of life, relationships. So, so fat loss is 80% psychology, 20% mechanics. Easily. Yeah. And um, we'll wrap that up there. So... You've got your own podcast as well, Chris. Anyone else check that? We've got two actually. Yeah, so so if it's uh, fitness that you guys are looking for, it's the Shred with Science podcast. But the one that we're probably most active on right now is the Fitness Coach Freedom podcast. Um, so yeah, you guys can head over there. Um, or for any of you, if you're 
say fitness professionals, um, you can go to um, fitnessbusinessleads.com or fitnessbusinesssales.com. Charlie, I'm going to give you a look at this before you go. I'm going to get you out here soon. Well, I have. Uh, I, put, I put my flights first as a oh, There we go. Three weeks in there. There we go. Uh, so yeah, thank you everyone so. for listening to the episode. Um, I've got two free gifts for you as well if you want to get involved. So we've got uh, a free Facebook group for training and nutrition advice, which is the uh, cjcoachingcommunity.com. The link is below the podcast and the video. And also, Get in there as well because this is being streamed in there. Yeah. So all of this good content is going in there all of the time live. So get in there. Uh, and then we've also got my abs training course and program the, the CJ Coaching Abs Black Book. So that will be below the podcast and video for you guys to check out. So make sure you leave us a five-star review. And we'll see you in the next episode.